Hey, thanks for downloading, subscribing, and checking out the Real Life Wrestling Show. This is Sincere Hogan and my host, co-host, and partner, Mike Mahler's on the other line. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. And, uh, you know, one thing we're doing this year is we've decided to do two episodes per month where it's just us. Yeah. Because some people have noticed, like, you guys have so much to say, especially referring to me. It's like a lot of times Mike is overpowering the guest, which I don't think I'm doing, but I get it. You know, I'm pretty talkative, and sometimes I interrupt to help them clarify or because I want to make a point. So I was like, hey, that's not that's not a unreasonable point. So let's mm-hmm. the solution is let's do a couple episodes where it's just us. Then we can we don't have to worry about catering to a guest or letting the guest be center we can talk about whatever we want well last time i checked it was called live life aggressively with mike Mahler <laughs> and sincere hogan not and those other dudes <laughs> and dudettes yeah, in other words fuck the guests go to the guests go to their show go read their book you don't have to get them on our show to get free information because you're too cheap to buy their book <laughs> no, but we're gonna do oh, yeah. two guests per month and then two episodes where it's just us per month so we have a nice balance yeah, and it's that, like also a- i think that's cool because sometimes we have a guest where we have a lot to say about that episode, so we can almost do like a debrief the next right. week. Man, here's what we thought of last week's guest. Right. Exactly. And we get a lot of feedback from our listeners as well. Hey, man, you guys talked about this, this, man. I, you know, I, I wish you guys had brought this up. Or, you know, what about this, this, this? I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. So right, right. That gives, this gives us a chance to bring that up because, hey, we listen to the listeners. So, I mean, they're supporting us. Some of them. So, and speaking of which, you know, before we get into this, because like, here's another thing that's really cool about us doing two shows a month. There are so many topics that we that we're so interested in that we feel like, oh, yeah. hey, we got to share with everyone. That right. you know, we don't necessarily need to have, let's just say, an author of a certain book come on the show and go through the rigmarole of trying to get them on, jump through the hoops, get through all their gatekeepers and all this other madness. <laughs> right. And then, you know, so because there are some people that they live like that and they, they kind of thrive off of that. Like, oh, well, you know, hey, well, call my assistant. You, you know what? F that. You know, trying to help, you know, help you out and get you to another audience right who may not have known about your stuff. So we can get past all that. Like, here's the deal. You'll probably end up still getting some book sales because we're going to talk about the book ourselves. And guess what? Our audience, they know, like, and trust us. They don't know who you are. You know, so that's the thing. So it kind of works both ways with that. The best way to get guests I have found is to ask people to come on the show on Twitter, not direct message them because nobody nobody checks that out. But you do it on their feed because what happens is people on my feed see that I'm asking that person. And a lot of times they get excited. And then they'll retweet it. Oh, yeah, you should definitely go on the show. They will back me up. Right. So now you see five or six people in addition to me saying, yeah, go on the show. And right. that obviously gives a lot more credibility to the person who's considering whether it's worth their time or not. Exactly. And just just recently, I got Dr. Gareth Davis, author of Proteinaholic, which is a really good book. I'm halfway through it right now. Incredible book. Very well researched. Yeah, Dr. Gareth Davis, Proteinaholic, How Our Obsession with Meat is Killing Us and What We Can Do About It. So he just talks yeah. about just a lot of the misconceptions about and that's a great, animal protein. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's a great topic because, you know, I always laugh now, you know, especially now being vegan. It's always the first thing. Oh, what do you do about protein? No one's concerned about your protein until you become vegan. <laughs> it's so funny about it. Come on, when you eat meat, nobody's concerned about your protein, but they should be because where's that protein coming from? How is it treated? You know, that should be a bigger concern right there instead of just devoid of animal protein. I always just find that funny. I'm like, and why are you so concerned? You're talking about, oh, you really care about me that much now? I'm like, God, you should be like, oh, really? And it's generally <laughs> someone who's not the epitome of health, <laughs> exactly. to say the least, who is saying that. 
someone who doesn't work out at all is not strong, and then they're going, oh, and they got a they got a gut that's just protruding and meeting you at the door, and just like you know, maybe the answer is you don't need as much as you think you need, especially a sedentary person. Oh yeah, exactly. How much do you need? How much muscle are you breaking down on a weekly, daily basis? Even people who work out hard, how much are you really breaking down? Yeah, exactly. To the point where you need two, three grams per pound. Come on. Anyway, we'll get into that topic a lot when the author comes on. He's coming on in April. Perfect. By that point, I'll have a chance to finish his book, take a lot of notes, and then Mm -hmm. have him come on. But he has a very interesting background where he used to do a lot of – he was on a show called Big Medicine, actually, where he did a lot of weight loss surgeries. Mm. And he was a huge meat eater, pro-animal protein guy. In fact, Mm. like his first book is about basically low-carb and eat a lot of animal protein. And And then it wasn't working. He wasn't mm-hmm. losing weight. He was he was tired. He was sluggish. None of his patients were losing weight in the long term. They would have some short-term benefits, but in the long haul, they would gain it all back. Right. And he started really researching nutrition. And he didn't go in with the bias such as, okay, I want to do a vegan diet, so let me go find some support to right. back that up. He went in with what's the best nutrition plan. Right. And then this is the conclusion he came with from all the research he did. So anyway, it'll be yeah, interesting to talk to him and get him to get mm-hmm. into detail with all the support he found. As he did intense research, but it, made, it worked so well for him that he lost a ton of weight. He does marathons now. He does triathlons. It's funny because a lot of people who switch over to a plant-based diet, what happens is they lose a lot of weight and they have so much energy. They start yeah. they start doing things such as triathlons, marathons, right. things they never thought about doing before. It's it's very common. Yeah, someone gets on a especially a high carbohydrate plant-based diet where now you have a lot of excess oh, it's, energy. Exactly, like, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, man. So that's going to be a very interesting topic, you know, and hopefully, you know, open some eyes to some things and just at least get people to think and start thinking about some changes in certain areas, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So, well, you know, they'll actually let's, let's do some VIP shout outs. And yes, then sir. I, I, have, I have a couple of really interesting topics to start mm-hmm. the conversation. OK, one, I'm going to start calling people that use that coupon code LLA VIPs because that's mm-hmm. what you guys are. You men and women using that coupon code LLA to get 10 percent off some great products and support the show. Mm-hmm. So this week we have Nelson Blanco, Cameron Cadet, Jed Santos, Owen Foster, Daniel Alder. Anson Chin, Donald Foster, Michael mm. Ibarra, Scott Peterson, Daniel Poole. They mm. all used coupon code LLA to get 10% off. So you are the VIPs of the week. Yes, sir. And also add to that list is Michael Ibarra and Bobby Adair. And also, um, I want to give shout outs to our VIP Patreon supporters as well, which, you know, to start that off, Ansel Chin, also who you just said on your list, who used that coupon code LLA, also became a supporter a monthly supporter of Patreon. And it was just crazy that, you know, if you go on Patreon, go on the Patreon page, especially when you go in there to become also a monthly supporter, you know, check out some of the, the posts and comments from our, our supporters now. And, you know, Ansel was just kind of like, wow, man, just his, I sent the response over to you. I'm trying to pull it up now. So I might have to just pull it over, pull it up like by the end of the show so we can get into the topic. But it was just really cool that, you know, at this point, you know, here's a guy that's been supporting us and our businesses and all that, but still felt compelled to support us on a monthly basis from Patreon and think like, wow, man, I can't believe I haven't been doing this and blah, blah. And, you know, it's feeling, you know, he's like, you know, I, I can't, you know, I, I've been an idiot. Like, no, you're not, you haven't been an idiot because you haven't just sat there and got all the free information and didn't support the show, you know, and he's, he's always shared episodes on Facebook as well, man. And in fact, that's how I even, you know, came across him and we ended up, you know, meeting on Facebook. It was through him being a listener of the show. And you know, just we both are very interested in firearms. I believe he's a vet as well. And so we just kind of had that commonality as well. But, uh, hey, man, you know, we want to thank him 
for being a Patreon supporter and coming on board. And if you go over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, you can support the show on a monthly basis. In the little box where it says give with the dollar sign right there, you'll see $1. Throw a zero behind that, man. Like so many people doing that. Over half of our supporters have done that instead of starting off with $5. But hey, we take the $5 too. You know, but my thing is, yeah, everything helps, man. You know, so our VIP, some of our VIP Patreon supporters, man, are like Martin Pelchat, Mark Hannigan, Hannington, sorry, Elvis Torres, Hayden Stein, Mike Connolly, Chris Ferguson, Ben Buchanan. Uh, I believe Ben is like a customer of yours as well. I believe I've heard you mention his name quite a few times. Right. Yeah. yeah, to my and Mitzak, also Marcella Kinsella, um, my boy Isaac Wilkins, Simon Knight, all of them. These are just to name a few of right now. We're like 48 patrons right now. And that's just a few of those folks who go over, who went over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. They support the show on a monthly basis. All that stuff helps us. Keep the show going, man. And we really appreciate that. And so for those of you who've been on the fence, hop over the fence and you become a monthly supporter as well. So, yeah. So starting off is a good year, man. I like I like to see I like where this is going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Well, I mean, we have some really cool stuff to talk about today. One yeah. is one I, one I really want to get people to think about to maximize your goals and potential in 2016 is to avoid being in denial. And here's an example. I had a guy email me recently. <laughs> who said that I'm a hard gainer. I have a hard time putting on weight. Here's how much I weigh. And then he broke down his his <laughs> regimen, which is bulletproof coffee in the morning. So basically coffee with some with some butter with some butter. And so. then he does a fast, right? He's <laughs> doing intermittent fasting. And then he has a couple of meals later. It's like, okay, mm. if you're trying to put on size, does this sound like a good regimen for you? Doing a fast and, and having butter in your coffee for breakfast and then not eating for eight hours. Come on. <laughs> You have to eat if you want to put on some size. And then, look, if you do heavy deadlifts and heavy squats, you're going to put on size whether you want to or not. Exactly. It happened to me recently. Right. I started doing a lot of heavy barbell squats. Yeah. And I, I didn't even have the goal of putting on any more size. I was about 195 at that time. Yeah. I mean, fast forward two months later, I'm looking at the scale. I go, what? I'm 210 now? 208? <laughs> 208? Yeah. 210? And it's because those, those exercise, I mean, those heavy squats mm. just – Fuel your appetite, right? In addition yeah. to the difficulty of them, squats are a real bodybuilder, but your appetite goes through the roof. So the combination of the two, you start putting on some healthy size whether you like to or not. So I think mm-hmm. don't be in denial. Don't tell mm-hmm. me that you're doing everything right to, to achieve a goal and you're doing the complete opposite. Right. <laughs> so I think a lot of times what they're looking for is confirmation of what they're doing now is okay. And just give me one more extra thing. I don't want to stop doing this. Just give me one more thing I can do. <clears throat> when I realize you really need to think about, well, strip away what's not working, man. If it's not working, just let it go. Just let it go. And it's okay because they're probably thinking like, well, I don't want to have to admit that I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. You're learning. That's what that's what all this is about. That's what fitness is all about. You're constantly learning. You're because you, one thing about it, your body's always changing. The conditions always outside your body, the environment around your body is always changing. So it's all about adapting to that environment. So you can't sit there and keep doing the same thing, man. It's just not gonna work that way because everything around you is not remaining the same. So it's okay to say like, you know what, this is not working anymore. So what's next? And let it go. We become a, I think attachment becomes the issue. And attachment is an issue with so many things, not just fitness, but business, relationships. Well, that's why it's important to keep accurate results, right? Like, I think it's important to keep a training journal because there's the proof. In yeah. business, I mean, imagine running a business where you're not keeping records of money that's coming in, what's going out, and then what your profit is. 
You're just oh, guessing. Yeah. Well, I think I well, made it. Yeah, well, we made a probably an estimated blah, blah. You know, I see that so much <laughs> on the show, The Profit, when Marcus Lamonis <laughs> asked him, like, you know, what, you know, what were your, what was your profit last year? You know, and well, I think we made around blah, blah, blah. Wait, you what? You shouldn't even have to think about <laughs> it. Somebody, you, you think you exactly. made around six million? Like, let me tell you something, dude. If I made six million last year, I wouldn't have to think I did. I'd know. <laughs> Somebody, in fact, some of you wouldn't know I made about six million last year. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, one of the things that makes people go into denial and be delusional is not having actual proof to support anything right. one or the other. So keeping a training journal, it doesn't have to be overly meticulous. You don't have to write down your sleep the night before and everything you ate that day and how you felt before going in. Just write down what happened at that workout. <laughs> Exactly, and if you see a, if you see three workouts in a row where you're not making any progress, then it's time to make some mid course corrections. Right, right, right. And I think what ends up happening, especially for those who are not in the fitness industry and they start looking to a fitness professional, so many of these new fitness professionals out there, they're so these are some people who come from that corporate world where everything is about you know keeping up with the numbers, keeping up with the numbers. And what ends up happening, they bring that attitude over to the fitness world with them as trainers. So when they have, especially this time of the year, beginning of the year, everybody's got these resolutions and all this other stuff that's going on. They they reach out to these fitness professionals because they realize, you know what, I'm not doing a good job of this on my own. So let me hire someone that knows what they're doing. But here's the thing. Things have been so complicated with that person trying to do it on their own that and they couldn't figure it out because there's so much information out there. So they feel like, well, at least this person can this trainer can narrow it down for me and, and get right to the point. But what ends up happening, they end up coming to these trainers who want, yeah, you gotta keep a journal. And you also gotta take down your sleep. And let's talk about, you know, let's talk about, you know, how you feel first thing more. You need to write that down. And then you gotta keep up with how you feel at night right before you go to sleep. You need to be writing and keep a pad by your door, you know, by your by your bed and you just write all this stuff down and you gotta journal everything. So you gotta have a, a dream journal, a sleep journal yeah, a, a, a nutrition journal a training journal it's like really well, pedantic to say the least exactly you know, did, you get, did you get into a fight with your spouse <laughs> uh, were your kids acting up it's how did you feel when you know you write down how you felt after that happened i'm like i was pissed <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to write that down <laughs> yeah, like, now, now your day now your whole day revolves around being a reporter yeah yourself. you're an inve- <laughs> yeah you're being investigated by your damn self the entire time <laughs> Oh man, so it so it gets to the point where you know what? Just screw it. It's just so easy to just sit here and sit on my ass and do nothing and just eat what I want because I can write that down easily. What did you do today? Sat on my ass, did nothing, ate what I want. See, that's very simple. <laughs> okay. How'd you feel? Shh. I was tired. I ate too much. See, that's a lot easier than being very meticulous with all these numbers. And my thing is at the end of the day, when you get all those numbers, especially these trainers who want all these numbers, are you qualified to really really break down each one of those numbers and really give a true assessment of what every one of those numbers mean. That's the thing about it. You're going to estimate, you're estimating at best on a lot of those things. You have these theories, you know, and, and pretty much you're going to take a guess and like, well, let's do this. Let's try this. But I think what it is, they try to come off like they're too, like they're so smart. Okay. They're too busy trying to be a psych, a psychologist or a a medical professional. Dude, you got to stay in your lane. You are a trainer. Stay in your lane. I wouldn't want some. I'm sorry. I don't feel great going to a doctor with a gut, you know, and he's coughing. You can tell he got a smoker's cough. Who tells me, you know what? You need to diet and exercise. Huh? Ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? (laughs) You know. So my thing is, stay in your lane, you know, and what you're good at, and build off of that. So that's the best thing you can. That's the best thing you can do for your client. So that's just that's just my opinion on that. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then the other thing you want to think about is sometimes people – this is one of these things I really hate is keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep getting the same results. No. Like, well, you're being overly optimistic <laughs> when you're saying that. You keep doing the same thing, you're going to get diminished results, whether it's running your business the same way, working out the same way. I mean, if you kept getting the same results, that, that could be a positive, right? Hey, man, I've been. If I, if I do hey. a deadlift program where I put on 50 pounds every eight weeks, and I'm like, well, man, if I do this every eight weeks, I'm going to put on 50 pounds. Great. I'll do you. I'll, I'll do be you one better. A thousand in no time. I'll do you one better. Um, since June 9th, 1972, I've been breathing <laughs> every day. So far, so good. I mean, I've been doing the same thing every day, breathing up until this point. Hey, man, I have no problem with that kind of result. OK, <laughs> so I'm still alive. So that's how I see that. So that doesn't necessarily. Mean, well, OK, now you take it out of context. It's here. It doesn't mean that. Like, well, what does it mean? I'm like, yeah, it just sounds cute. It sounds cute. And a lot of times it's misquoted when people use it. Like, you do the same thing every day. That's the definition of insanity. I'm like, um, have you ever looked at the definition of insanity? That's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Yeah. You know, so this. But it sounds cute. and it makes you sound like you're smart. <laughs> so. Let's not, let's not shoot for cute. Let's shoot for a little bit more accuracy. Well, I think also being having having a real being well calibrated when it comes to yourself and and what you're trying to achieve is also important. And that mm-hmm. brings up an important point that Japanese have a have a concept called kaizen, and mm-hmm. this is basically focusing on little things that make small improvements that add up to big improvements over time. So, for example, if you put on five pounds on your deadlift in a month, that doesn't seem like a lot, but if you can keep duplicating that each month, it's 60 pounds by the end of the year, which is tremendous. It's going from 550 to over 600 pounds, going from 450 to over 500. So that that's highly significant. And I'm using this with my training right now where I have a, a military press goal, double kettlebell military press goal of doing 15 reps with two 88-pound bells. Mm-hmm. So I, right now I could do eight or nine reps with good technique. And I could approach this one of many ways. I could basically say, okay, let me try to gain a few reps every week, and I'll hit that 15 before before January is over. And most right. likely that's going to be a colossal failure because at this <laughs> level, every rep is difficult. Every rep beyond what I can do is difficult. So a different approach is doing a lot of practice sets, which I mentioned on the show with Lee. But what mm-hmm. I'm doing is I'm just doing sets of five throughout the day in January. And then that's easy. There's no chance mm-hmm. of me missing. I never miss one of those sets. The fifth rep is never difficult. It's nice and clean. Technique gets better every time I practice this. It's heavy enough that it's that you're working on getting stronger, and it's easy enough that you're able to dial in the technique, which is very important. You're not going to hit mm-hmm. 15 with sloppy technique. At least I'm not going to. So if, <laughs> if five reps are sloppy, it's not like I'm going to go from that to 15. It's not going right. to happen. Everything has to everything has to be in the pocket. So if I if I hit seven reps where it's clean, that's good. Now, if I go to the eighth rep and I'm out of the pocket, meaning the bells go out wider, maybe I'm straining more, maybe the speed slows down, that means I'm too close to my repetition max and I right. need to stay a little bit further away from that. So five right now is a good number. So where I'm going with this is in February, I'm going to go up to six. And I'm just going to stay at six no matter how easy it is for the entire month. And then March 7, you know, April 8. May 9, right. June 10. You see where this is going. Right. So by, by October, I'm at 15, but I'm not just at 15. I'm at 15 where I make it look good. Right. 15 reps looks nice and clean and crips. So in other words, taking a very gradual, measured approach is going to get me there where once I achieve it, not only, not only am I there, my body is adapted to it that I can keep it rather than trying to get to 15 as fast as possible, and then you lose it. You can't, you can't hold that number because you rushed to get there. Right. 
I mean, it basically breaks down what, you know, Kazen means, which like basically you're taking those, you're taking the change and, and modification and making it good and making it better as you go along. So what ends up happening is that you're making this easier by studying it. That's another thing. You're not just trying to rush through it. You're actually right. studying. You're now by, by you being very calculated like this, you give yourself time to like, hmm, well, why am I going out of the pocket like this? So right. you, you've given yourself the space to think like, well, maybe if I, had, you know, pulled my lats more toward my back pocket, a little bit more right there on that left side, you know, we're actually the right side for a lot of righties because you get a little sloppier on your strong, your quote unquote stronger side because right. you feel like I don't have to pay attention to that. You, sp- you spend more time focusing on the left side because you feel like it's the little, it's the little vegetable and it needs a little help. And, you know, you got to really focus on that. And what ends up happening, especially for righties, their left side tends to be the better side. It has the better technique. It's cleaner because you're more focused on that. So this gives you an opportunity to really start thinking like, I'm focusing too much on my left side and not enough on my right. And it gives you a moment to think like, you know what? I need to just eliminate the whole idea of having sides in the first place. And that's one of the things I always tell a lot of my clients, even when they're squatting. I'm like, you know, I'll put them like, let's just say on the on the mats on the floor, you know, where the two mats are meeting, there's a line right there. So I tell them step over that line and do their squats. So they can kind of somewhat see in the peripheral vision a little bit that line as they're squatting without looking down the floor. I said, now the key here, or sometimes I might even put a broomstick, you know, right there in front of them. I said, now the key here is to not go to the left or right side of that stick because you don't have a left and right side when you squat. Everything is to be right down the middle. I said, so that's what you need to focus on. And that kind of helps them visualize pretty much what's going on with their body mechanics. I said, now here's the deal. As you're squatting, let's just say you're going down and as you're pushing your hips back, you're realizing that, okay, I'm not going left side or the right side. But as soon as you start shifting to one side or the other, well, now you've found your range of motion because now you're getting sloppy. That means you're going you're going way beyond where your body's ready to go right now. So if you're starting to lean a little to the left or the right at this point, no. Okay, come back up a little bit. Now, this is where your range of motion is now. This is where we're going to work from to help improve things. Now, let's just say, you know, we're sitting there working on your flexibility, your hip mobility, and also working on other things such as, you know, your foot position and, you know, keeping your heels on the floor, keeping your chest up, keeping your eyes ahead, and keeping your abdominals braced and your breathing technique. All these different things, you know, pick, we're going to work on these things bit by bit, and especially if we can find out which one of these things that, that that's lacking to help you leaning like that and getting a little wobbly. We're going to take our time now because now we know where we are. And if, let's just say next month, if you get an inch deeper into that squat compared to the month before, before you start leaning to the left or the right, that's progress. That's progress because it's far better than where you would have been if you continue to start going forward with your knees, heels off the floor, leaning to the and left, leaning to the right. That's a good point. I mean, when it, just, just improving technique is progress. A lot of times people feel if they didn't get another rep or they're not using more weight, it's not progress. That's <laughs> That's a very flawed way of looking at right. it. If your technique is better, it's progress. So if, I, if I'm if i doing eight repetitions with double 88s and the eighth rep is out of the pocket, and then I get to the point where the eighth rep is not out of the pocket, that's a progression. <laughs> right. That's a step in the right direction. Because, I mean, look at it this way. does it, It's so important to emphasize technique because does anyone ever get injured using great technique? <laughs> no. It's always when it's out of the pocket, right? You train right. the failure. You're like, okay, I'm going to go for that one more rep. And then – that that ninth rep looks dramatically different than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, your back is straining now because you are using really sloppy technique to right. just, just move the weight from point A to point B. So like I always say, I don't want to just deadlift, let's say 600 pounds is my goal. I don't want to just do it. I want to make it look good. I right. want people who see it to go, man, that looked good. 
that was clean. The rep looks, the speed was good. He didn't have a look of pain on his face, <laughs> stress. You know? It looked nice and clean. That's what that's what I want to do. I don't want right. to just get there because let's, I mean, I can get to these goals faster if I'm willing to make it look sloppy and poor and use poor technique. But now the risk of injury goes way up. And at this age, I'm not looking to get injured because it takes a lot longer to <laughs> <Is> recover. <laughs> and right now I've got some injuries I'm working around. Like with, with pressing my, one of the reasons I'm doing emphasizing kettlebell pressing so much as opposed to barbell pressing is that mm-hmm. with my left elbow, I've got some arthritis there osteoarthritis mm-hmm. it's certain movements are painful so i use ring pull-ups instead of bar pull-ups, bar pull-ups it's yeah. easier on it's easier on the elbow now the last thing i need is another injury on top of this one so <laughs> i'm doing really sloppy technique on pressing and now i hurt my shoulder <laughs> and let me tell you that sucks because i went about a year and a half with shoulder issues just from kettlebell sport overuse and to the point where you know pressing anything overhead sucked for me it almost felt like my shoulder was gonna felt like my arm was gonna pop out. i felt like an old action figure when you were a kid where you can actually take the arms out you know, <laughs> and you can put them in another action figure i yeah. felt like one of those man i was like ah and when you raise your arm it pops over and like okay this sucks and it always feels like somebody's sticking a needle right in that little joint right there man it just so it, it, it sucked it gets to the point you start getting frustrated like when is this gonna go away and i think after that it's like when I really started, you're like, you know what? Spend a little bit more time recovering, you know, doing a lot more joint mobility, not worrying about how heavy I can press, cut back on these reps and these repetitions over and over and over, and it's overuse. And just really also take a look at, you know, start filming myself and really looking at my technique. At what point do I start getting sloppy as far as being on the platform? Because when the technique is dialed in, I can do 100 snatches, 200 snatches, 300 snatches, you know, and if I'm really dialing it in, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter how many I did. You know, it shouldn't be affecting me and, and to the point where I feel like my shoulder's going to pop out of place. If anything, it should be me thinking more about my grip than anything with the higher those repetitions, not worrying about my shoulders, if anything, when it comes to like special kettlebell snatches. Yeah. So just, and that's another thing. I, I say this to a lot of folks, you know, when you're, when you're lifting, film yourself, you know, film yourself. And, you know, and especially when you, you got issues and you want like, okay, Again, it comes down to what you and I were talking about before we got on here about somebody having a flat and like saying, I can't believe I had a flat. But when they actually start asking themselves why and start peeling back the layers, they realize, okay, I haven't had my tires checked in a while. I haven't changed my tires for the season. And okay, I see why I have a flat. The same thing go on like, I can't believe that, you know, I hurt my shoulder that, you know, I tore my rotator cuff. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, you know, things, things, no, things just don't happen. No, there's, there's no freak accident in the gym unless yeah, there's always <laughs> some reason why something happens. Right. Be honest and determine what that is rather than, oh, I just had bad luck. Well, let's take away that word accident. First of all, that right there already gives people false insecurity. There are 99.9 percent of the times there is no such thing called an accident. It's negligence. It's negligence. Even there's no such thing as a car accident most of the time. It's negligence. Someone neglected to do what they were supposed to do. In, 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 and step up to their role as the driver in that situation. You know, so that, this usually is, comes down to just being negligent and which means negligence can be corrected. To my freak accident, uh, accident is like a tornado just all of a sudden ripped through your house and you didn't have a TV, you didn't see the news report, you had no idea. But I'm pretty sure there are some warning signs out there when those dark clouds right. kind of pop up. <laughs> you know, that kind of gives you a little bit of a warning. But again, that's a freak. That's an accident. Most accidents are freak accidents. Everything else, negligence. And that's what generally, I, and, even with training, right? Coming back to that context, yeah. when when you have a repetition that goes bad, 
generally before that happened, you, you had some kind know. of premonition of this is probably not a good idea, and yep. then you decided to do it anyway. But your ego says, <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> like, I see this happen at the gym all the time. I saw a guy deadlift four plates, really crappy technique. He barely pulled it off. And I, I wouldn't even count this as a rep because it looked so bad. But somehow he gutted through it. So I'll give him that, some mental toughness. But everything that you, everything that's wrong with deadlift, te- te- deadlift technique, this yeah. guy excelled at. All right. <laughs> now – he managed to get out of that repetition without hurting himself. At least it wasn't apparent to me. And his bright idea was to put another 25 on each side. So now he's up to 455. And I go, no, 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 no. no. This is not a good idea. Fortunately, he tried to pull, and the only thing that went up was his ass. <laughs> you know, the bar didn't move an inch, and he left, it. He, he left it there. He didn't try to gut through. Oh. I was like, I really hope this guy doesn't try to gut through this rep because that's going to get ugly real fast. Well, he, he's an excellent twerker now. <laughs> Thanks for that technique. It's like um, you want to leave with the success. That's the other thing. Think about that in 2016. When yeah. you're working out, leave with the success. So if, you, if you've never deadlifted 505 before and you do 505 and it feels pretty easy and you're thinking, man, I could put 525 on now. No, don't do that. You did 505. It's more than you've ever done before. Leave it alone. There's always going to be another day to come back in. Can I say this? Like I said, don't just do it. Do it where it looks good. You want right. people seeing you do it going, man, that looks good. This guy knows what he's doing. Right. Let me just say this, man. People need to make peace and make friends with those half-pound plates at the gym. So, so quit thinking that, oh, I'm bigger than that. Just like even in kettlebells, some of you need to make friends with those eight kilogram kettlebells, those pink bells. Yeah, you need to make friends with those. <laughs> it's, it's not, it does, let your ego take a, just take a seat. OK, but those here's the thing about that. Using those half pound plates it may not seem like much, but it can go a long way. Case in point, deadlifts. Yeah. OK, that extra five pounds means a lot. You know, there's a big difference between 405 and 410, you know, if someone who's just now who's just now kind of really getting started with deadlifts. You know, hell, that's even for some people that's got experience with deadlifts and had to take a break because their ego took them too far and they end up getting injured. They had to start back at zero almost. And let's just say somebody that was going for a 600 pound, you know, you know, PR and they end up getting hurt and they pull a disc and then they're on the shelf for a year. Now, when you get back in the gym, you had to start back at 315 and you've worked your way back up to 405, you know, let's say a, a few months later. Well, that's a victory when you can throw on those half pound plates on each side and make it to 410 and you can do it for five reps. Compared to where you were a year ago when you try to pull 600 and you, your spine damn near flew out of your back. Okay. So <laughs> now you, now you look at those half pound plates a lot differently because you have to at this point. My thing is don't do it because you have to do it now because you want to and it's safer that way. Not because there's a requirement like, well, you can't lift any heavier than that now. So you're, you're stuck with just lifting this now. I don't want it to always, I don't want it to have to be the rule. I always like yeah. the fact it can be the option. You know, I like options. I'm not yeah. good with rules, man. I'm not good with laws. Okay, <laughs> and I'm not good with that. You know, I mean, the yeah. other thing with this stuff too is that when you're when you're doing your ramp up weights, right? Like if I'm gonna do deadlift 555, I don't just go in there and put 555 on the bar and, and try to pull it. I'm doing 135, 225, 315, 365, 405, 455, right? Then 495. Now, 495 is close enough to 455 that if that even feels remotely difficult. What makes me think putting on more weight is going to be easier, right? So when I when I did 555 last year, guess what? 495 flew off the ground, felt right. like nothing, and that gave me a lot of confidence. I'm like, man, five plates was nothing. Today's the day. Go for it. Go mm-hmm. for a PR. So there wasn't any doubt in my mind when I put 555 on. There right. are times in the past where I made the mistake where five plates didn't 
it didn't feel super hard, but it didn't feel as easy as it should have. Right. And I was like, ah, screw it. Let me put 545 on see what happens. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Bar didn't go anywhere. So that's the other thing to keep in mind. If you may you may go to the gym going, today is the day I'm going for the PR. It's in your, it's in your mm-hmm. program. It's in your journal. This is it. And then while you're doing those ramp-up weights, you realize for whatever reason it's, it's just not going to be there today. Right. So don't force it. Just leave a little bit extra in the bank and come back another day and go for it. Because right. nothing is gonna, nothing is more demoralizing than just missing something completely. It's really frustrating. It's makes really a, irritating. makes that drive home from the gym a lot longer. <laughs> you should, I mean, most of the time you shouldn't miss lifts. You should, you should have a clear idea. If you're doing everything properly, you're designing, you're, you're following a good regimen, which lets you know when you're supposed to go for your PR. You, all the weights leading up to, all the weeks leading up to that, rather, should tell you whether you're on track or not. Right. And then on the day you're doing it, like I just mentioned, when you're doing those warm up weights, you should have a pretty clear idea of whether that PR is going to be there or not. And if I, like I said, 50 pounds out, if that feels heavy, if adding 50 pounds is not going to make it feel Today lighter. Today is not the day. <laughs> it's not the day. And, and that's okay. I mean, you have to yeah. look at your training career like your life. It's, it's long. It doesn't have to happen to you. You hope. <laughs> but you keep training like that, your life won't be that long. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. Like, Also, I'm grateful for a lot of things. It's been a long time since I was throwing around 88s because right. of different injuries and so forth. So when I got back from my trip last year to Europe, I was like, I'm going to start working kettlebell pressing back in. But because of this elbow issue, I have to be really careful about staying in the pocket. So I'm right. going to start really conservative. I just did 24 kilo kettlebells of 53s. Mm-hmm. And I just did doubles of – I started with five reps per day, yeah. five sets of five per day. And then I gradually worked up to 15 reps, but it was very gradual, and it felt great. Technique felt good, felt fantastic. You know, then I went up to the 62-pound bells, went back mm-hmm. down to five, worked my way gradually up to 15. Then I went to the 70s, and then I went to the 84-pound bells so in between the 70s and 88s. And then just maybe at the end of the last year, I worked back up to the 88s, and they felt really good. Like the first time I did it in a long time, five reps just flew up. I could have kept going, and that was a great feeling. And it was also a feeling like you like like when you haven't seen a friend in a long time. <laughs> right. you know? It's been a while, and I forgot how much I enjoy pressing heavy kettlebells. I go, this feels great. I feel fantastic. Now, I'm not going to get greedy at this point and risk getting injured again and then having to start this whole process over, you right. know, where it's like now I can't press for several months and I lose pressing strength fast. So if I can't press for a month, you know, I'm not going to go from pressing double 88s for eight to like three or four. It's probably going to go from eight to zero. You know, I, just, I just lose pressing strength fast. Right. I've been down this road a million times, so I'm not greedy. I'm very patient with it. And I'm also really grateful. Every time I press the 88s, I go, man, this is so much fun to be able to do this that I don't want to screw this up or I can't do it maybe indefinitely. Right. And you just proved that, you know, sometimes, you know, taking two steps forward and one step back is not necessarily a bad thing because that's what you were doing with that. But taking two steps forward and taking 10 steps back. I mean, it's football season right now. And we're seeing a lot of we see a lot of people, you know, you see on these football teams, they're going right there at the first down. And then they're like have one yard to go right by the goal line. Then the jackass quarterback gets sacked. 25 yards away because he's running backwards, running and running and running. And what does that do for people with sports fans? It pisses you off. So just imagine doing it to yourself when you have to start all the way back there. And then well, it's kind of like <laughs> Dominic Cruz, right? You and I were talking about Dominic Cruz before we started recording, and, and Dominic Cruz fought TJ Dillashaw this past weekend. In the UFC, when, yeah. At least when we were recording the show. Mm-hmm. And that was an incredible, incredible fight. 
And it was really interesting to see this journey come full circle for Dominic because mm-hmm. he's had the worst luck ever. <laughs> yeah. He's had so many injuries, and then he made a, a great comeback in 2014, had another injury, was out mm-hmm. for another year. And I'm sure it, it's hard for him not mm-hmm. to have on the back of his head, don't get injured, don't get injured. Right. <laughs> don't get injured. And I'm sure, I mean, it's hard to have him not thinking that. during. I don't know what he was thinking exactly during that fight, but given mm-hmm. how many injuries he's had, it had to be in the back of his head somewhere. But he's probably thinking it's so fun to be back doing this that the last thing I want to do is have a serious injury. Right. He, he did have a foot injury going into it. I mean, this guy just can't escape injuries. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like it's, it was, it's as severe as some of the things he's been dealing right. with over the years. <laughs> so, yeah. And that uh, – yeah, that was a great fight too, man. I mean, like I said, anyone out there, you know, whether you're a fight fan or not, you know, you should definitely check that out because yeah. there's so many takeaways from watching his performance with TJ Dillashaw. It's just, you know, like we were talking about, like I said, people really, especially anyone that's athletic, they really misunderstand the whole aspect of footwork and how important footwork is. And just being the thing is, the better you are at your footwork, the more comfortable you can be in just about anything you do, whether you are a martial artist, even if you're just uh, you're just lifting weights. Because my thing is even just foot strength, just foot strength. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because my thing is it helps with your squats, it helps with your deadlift. And people don't put enough emphasis on strengthening the feet, strengthening the ankles or anything like that. And that's why a lot of times people have hip and knee injuries, because now the knee and the hips have to step up and make up for what the feet and the ankles can't do. Right. They're not they don't have the ability to do. I always remember and I always stress is that strength starts from the ground up. It starts from the ground up. So my thing is it, it's not just about running and having that pattern down and being a very efficient runner and things like that. My thing is skip rope. Really learn how you know how to just time things and relax and when I see people skipping rope and they look like they're dying and they're all over the place. <laughs> and it just come, if they start off like, let's say they start off skipping rope right in front of you, but then by the time they make it to a hundred skips, they're like on the other side of the gym. <laughs> I'm just like, that shouldn't have to happen unless you were actually working on mobility. But if you're just doing it because you can't sit still, my thing is you got to just learn how to relax and quit being so tense. Or every two skips, they're like whipping themselves like they just came out of a scene from Roots. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, you need to learn how to relax. Your hands are tight. You know, your, your, your wrists are bent. You're, you're stomping on the floor like you're trying to put out forest fires. It's just, so it's just like, you're just really learning how to relax. I always say that learning how to skip rope, man, really carries over to so many things, especially learning how to relax, learning how to relax, get a rhythm and really being light on your feet, even when you're sprinting. I was, I always tell my folks, pretend like you're running on a cloud. You know, you shouldn't be stomping. I shouldn't, when you run on a sprint, it shouldn't sound like I'm at a rave. You shouldn't sound like the latest techno hit that just came out. I shouldn't hear oof, 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 oof. And your, you know, your ankle shouldn't be hurting. And one thing I found is that yeah. also your quads shouldn't be sore. It's right. It should be, it should be hamstring engagement. These are some of the mistakes I was making. Right. Where I would go, I get a massage once a week and she would work on my quads and they'd be, they'd be super sore. I'm like, why are my quads so sore? from right. doing sprinting the day before. Right. And then I started wearing the Vibrams, the five fingers. I watched a lot of Nick Curson's work about strengthening your feet. So now I'm running more on the balls of my feet. That's what's yeah. cool about Vibrams. Vibrams. They're very self-correcting. They, they, exactly. People you can say what they run, want about them. Run on your heels. Yeah, they, they can say what they want about them. But, you know, someone is, that – I doubt if there's any sprinter from, you know, track and field, anybody that ever ran track and really, you know, did well – 
I don't think they're going to crap on, you know, the idea of Vibrams. It's usually some flat footed person who's probably never really ran a day in their life. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's just a hoax or whatever else. I'm like, look, they, they have a place. Now, are they the saviors of the, of the athletic world? Hell no. But, you know, again, they're just like everything else. Just like, you know, weights, kettlebells, and everything else. It's a tool to, to help you yeah, improve. And you, and you have things. to work with them gradually. If you're, not, yes. if you're not used to any kind of barefoot training, I do, I do barefoot sprints with them, and I do it on a grassy field. Yes. I'm not running on pavements, and that's one thing. That's another thing people never grass. bring up. Yeah. But also, I was doing 15 all-out runs before I started wearing them, and now I reduced it to 10 because I need to rebuild right. that strength and that comfort. And then also, just like I'm doing with pressing, I'm doing 11 all-out sprints this month. And I'm, I'm staying at 11 two times a week no matter what. Then February 12th. March 13. So you see where I'm going right. again. I'll be at 20 before the end of the year. But I'm doing this very gradually. I'm not and rushing. also, it also helps you eliminate a lot of bad technique. Because right, also, one thing yeah. about it, when you put those on, you start realizing all the things you've been getting away with by wearing regular sneakers. <laughs> you, all yeah, the if things. You're, if you're hitting your heels a lot, it hurts. Yes, it does. It, it, it automatically focuses, it allows you to lean in more and run on the balls of your feet. And now when I get the massage, it's the hamstrings that are sore, not the quads at all, yeah. which is exactly how it should be. You shouldn't feel the way you do after doing Hindu squats when you do sprinting. Right. right. And the thing is, if you're, if you're a slapper, if you're a foot slapper where you just take that foot and just slap it down on the ground as you're running, you know, well, here's the thing. You throw on vibrams or you run barefoot. Your kneecaps are going to let you know that this is not cool anymore. You're going to learn how to actually keep your hips over your feet and actually pull the ground behind you when you run. That, that, that's, that's a really good way of looking. That's exactly right. And, you, and you're right about the whole knee pain. I never feel knee pain at all, no matter yeah. how many runs I do. I mean, that's the last thing I feel. <laughs> right. Knees feel great. I never have a knee issue where I go, oh, man. So, feels out of the pocket on that. And another technique I like to do you know, with my folks as well is when they're skipping rope is to have them skip rope barefoot or in vibrams. Because another thing is they realize that they they stop slapping themselves with the rope a lot less by doing that. Their technique improves because one thing that happens with a lot of people when they skip rope, they end up trying to jump too high. The thing is the rope, you should only jump high enough for the rope to pass by your feet. You right. shouldn't be a half foot off the ground, you know, doing that. <laughs> doing, so doing even when you do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even when you're doing double unders, you shouldn't be like 50 feet in the air trying to do a double under, you know, because one thing about it, gravity, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. And speed. So when you're coming back down again, you're smashing, man. And your kneecaps are like, dude, are you serious right now? And another thing is that that shock that you said from your tailbone up to the freaking up to your head, it's not fun. Going up the spine like that, just that shock of hitting the ground that hard, and especially if your heels are striking. Your heels should never strike when you're skipping rope. So a lot of things that you could be doing, that a lot of good technique that you can learn from skipping rope can carry over to spring big time. You know, so get used to learning how to, you know, I always tell, like, especially with ladies, because they can relate, and some guys do too, I don't judge. You know, when they're skipping rope, I say, pretend like you're skipping rope in like two-inch heels. You know, just it's something like that. You know, just think about that. I said, now, would you really be smashing your heels down on the ground if you were doing that, if you were wearing that? Even when I tell them when they're sprinting to do the same thing, pretend like you're running in heels. Would you be smashing your heels on the ground? I said, what would happen? Well, I would break my heel. You know, I was like, okay, good. I'm glad you realized that. It's a little weird coming from a guy, but hey, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so. They, they answer that. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, like, whoa. You're, asking, you're asking a woman and some guy chimes in. Like, oh, this is what would happen. <laughs> 
to my yes, Kevin, you are correct, but you know <laughs> there are certain I, things. Ryan Gaps had a really funny comedy <laughs> bit where he was talking about how he saw some guys wearing high heels in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. I was about to say, where was this starts, Atlanta? He starts walking across the stage as if he has high heels on. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was hilarious. He's like, yeah, I saw a guy walking like this, and it was a guy walking in a very masculine way with heels on. Right? <laughs> yeah, they walk with their arms out like the Hulk at the same yeah, yeah, time. Like exactly, you, you exactly. that doesn't work. But I, you know, I even see you know some females who never wore heels even oh, if you go back to that season when ronda rousey was the coach on um on um uh, tough you know when you saw like uh, i think it was oh raquel pennington you know they tried to put her in heels yeah, 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 she yeah. was like i don't wear this and you could just tell like wow She's walking like a linebacker yeah <laughs> that's what jessica Pena said yeah yeah, yeah I was... like a linebacker <laughs> No, we see women in Vegas like that all the time. We've never worn heels before. They're probably coming oh, in from oh, Idaho <laughs> or Ohio or somewhere, and they're, they're, this is the first time they've ever put – they're putting on heels they've never walked in before in a skirt shirt. So this is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so here you, so they're, they're constantly adjusting You can't focus. Shirt. Yeah, they're constantly adjusting their skirt shirt and then worrying about tripping at the same time. <laughs> Something's going to go. <laughs> oh. Like a giraffe and roller skates walking down. <laughs> It's like, no, no, no. Don't overdo it. You know, like, be comfortable. Nah. Be comfortable. You're going to look better walking if you're comfortable. Exactly. To my, to my, I mean, there's there's other ways of getting attention in Vegas, but that's not one of them because you're going to have my attention when you're walking like that because we've sat in Cosmo like, whoa, that girl's never worn heels a day in her life. <laughs> to my, I'm pretty sure if I put on heels, we, she and I would be walking the exact same way right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, she needs to take a Kazen approach. Yeah, exactly. Just, Gradually. Ease into it. Gradual, easy <laughs> Approach, so I, like, think, I think sometimes people get really discouraged at the idea of small improvements. Right. Like, I'm just I'm just going nowhere. Especially people who are trying to lose weight. They go, man, I only lost four pounds this month. I'm like, it's okay. like, well, it's going to be fifty by the end of the year I'm if like, you keep exactly. going that way. It's also also you're going in the direction you want to go in. The fact that you didn't gain any weight. Is, Thank is, you. Is, That's the big thing. <laughs> so even when people say like, you know what, weight for the last ten years. Yeah, or or when they say like. Man, I've been doing this program and this, but you know, I haven't lost any weight. Have you gained any? No. Progress. Okay. Progress. I, I, I used my testosterone booster, and his starting total T was 400, and then mm-hmm. by at the end of I think six or eight weeks, it was yeah. 520. And he's like, "Oh, I was hoping it would go higher." I was like, "Look, man, you got 120 points <laughs> on your total T. You know, so just just be happy with that." And now you can start looking at modifications, ways to improve and so mm-hmm. forth. That's great. But be grateful you actually got a step in the right direction, a big step in the right direction, too. It wasn't 10 points or something. It was a significant increase. 120 points is significant. So now all you have to do is modify a few things and keep going forward, keep progressing. Yeah, we got to avoid this Powerball way of, of, of approaching life where, you know, you know what, I'm just going to put it all in, all or nothing. You know, this is going to be, I'm going to win. They're going to pull my number and it's going to be my time. But then, I mean, that's the reason why, you know, your odds of winning that thing was one in 300 million. That means only only one of you, only one person in the U.S. had a, a chance of winning. You know, when you really think right, about that, right. you know, so so the things, the odds are not necessarily in your favor. But my thing is, out of all the, I saw people buying two hundred, three hundred dollars worth of Powerball tickets. I'm like, can you just imagine if you taking that, took that three hundred dollars and put that toward a goal or an investment or a vacation 
or a business that you've been dreaming about forever instead of thinking like, I'm going to win the Powerball and I'm going to start that new business. Okay, first of all, if I'm winning Powerball, I'm not starting a new business. I'm done. (laughs) It's a wrap, son. I'm out of here. New face, new everything. Don't look for me. I'm not going to be on the news. You're not going to see who won. All you're going to know is that on my Facebook profile, all of a sudden, it's just a gray photo. He's talking about his picture disappeared. Like, hey, man, I've been trying to get on your website. So my new warrior train has not been updated since like it's, it's seven years later, and it still hasn't been updated since like April of 2016. <laughs> like, damn, man, you know. So yeah, but my thing is, you know, t- but the thing is, when you think about that, spending three hundred dollars toward those things I just mentioned, it just seems like oh, it's gonna take such a long time. You know, it's gonna take however long it takes. However, how much, however much focus you have on that goal is how long it's going to take. So who knows how long that's going to be? But you know what? If that's what you truly want, well, it doesn't freaking matter how long it's going to take. People have is they're not enjoying the process. Yeah, right? just what I'm saying. It wouldn't even just matter. Trying to endure the process. I'm just going to endure <laughs> this process as long as it takes to get to my goal. But you're not going to. No. That's why if you if you do a nutrition program where you feel mm. like crap every day, how long are you going to last? How are you going to stick on it? Yeah, it's just like. You'd be like, oh, I lost 10 pounds the first month. I'm just going to suck it up. No, you're not. You're no, going to feel not. crap. You're, you're going to reach a point where of dimin- you're going to reach a point where you can't stand it anymore. And then you're probably going to go in the opposite direction and gain back everything you just lost. And it's going to bring friends. Every times. pound you lost is going to bring a friend back. He's like, hey. You have to enjoy the process. Honestly, when I started pressing again that April last year and I was just doing the 53-pound kettlebells, that was fun. I was like, this is cool, man. I haven't done this in a while. This right. feels good. It was fun working on the technique, and the technique was off initially because I was I hadn't done it in so long that it took a couple of weeks to get back in the groove, and then I right. really started having fun with it. And, and I wasn't greedy. I had a plan. I'd go, yeah, you know, keep going at this pace. By the end of the year, you'll be back up to 84s, 88s, and sure enough, I was. And, though, right. and then the most important thing is technique with 88s feels fantastic right. because I didn't rush it. If I just tried to cruise through those intermediary steps – I would have, I could have gotten to the 88s faster, but every rep would have been painful and sloppy and out of the pocket, and you're not improving technique. You're just doing whatever it takes to get it overhead, and yeah. that's not satisfying to me. I, I want it to feel good. I want it to look good. I want to make stuff look easy. Like if someone came over to the house and I demonstrated it, I don't want them going, man, you know, that looked – I mean you did it. <laughs> like I'll, I'll pass. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that, that, looked, that looked painful. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite is what, in my opinion, is impressive. Like when you see someone who's really good at something, they make right. it look easy. Right. The only reason they're able to make it look easy is because they put in so much time practicing. Exactly. Like someone like Dominic Cruz made it look easy. It's not like that's his first fight. It's not <laughs> right. like he didn't go through years of practice and thinking about this and how to counter every move and so forth. It's fun to watch that. When we see, we're all drawn to excellence, whether it's right. in sports business whatever it is we love watching excellence but the mistake that we make is that a lot of we we forget that a ton of effort had to go into that yeah. that we didn't see for us to see that exactly by the time we've seen it we didn't see the other ten thousand plus hours that they of screwing it up no one saw how many times thomas edison would screw it up and trying to make a light bulb which is like oh we saw the end result like light bulb that's pretty freaking cool to my no more kerosene lamps you didn't see the process that went through that those other 999 times that he messed up so he's yeah. you know as the story goes you it's, know, it's important to have vision i think one of the main reasons people fail is lack of vision like where are you trying to go with this whole thing right. what are you trying to do yeah and then and then you can you can have a more measured approach to get there you don't have to rush it and like in business we see this all the time right someone someone made six figures for the first time and they're going okay next year i want to make half a million <laughs> <It's> like, well <laughs> Look, you know what your goal should be for next year? Make six figures again. again. Because when you've done it three times in a row, it's good. It's, you're not going to go back down now. It's not right. a fluke. 
right? Right. It's it's sustainable. And then that five hundred thousand a year will be there if you want it. Maybe not next year, but a couple of years or maybe seven to eight years down the road. Right. But h- how bad is making six figures for several years up to that point? Is that something you're going to cry about? No, it's fine. And then when you get to that five hundred thousand, just like me getting back to the eighty eights, that five hundred thousand is now sustainable. It's not a fluke. Right. It's not something that just happened by accident. Like yeah, you managed to dial it. You managed to line everything up. To hit it that one year, and then you drop right back down, and then you're trying to figure, you're scrambling, you're trying, you're desperately trying to get back to that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I guess you know when it comes to the KZN situation, also the thinking about like businessman, it's just some people who are staying in the same situation, and things are not progressing, and they're you know, like we were saying earlier, they just haven't really let go, man, and you know they're in denial of these things but they're constantly wondering like why is my business failing you know why is it i'm not making six figures again or whatever else they're not taking that time you know to document the current situation like what's going on right now maybe the climate's not good for what you're doing now compared to where it was two years ago three years ago you know maybe maybe you don't even want to do it (laughs) again the climate's not good (laughs) a lot of times it's like what you always say you said a lot of times people do it's comfortable it's something you're used to yeah yeah it's it's comfortable it's safe and that's why you're doing it, but you have zero passion about it. You don't even want to do it, but you're just, this is just what you're used to doing. Right. Or this is who you're used to doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other episode. That's, that's an episode in and of itself. <laughs> so, yeah, man, so it's, it's good to, you know, identify the problems and, you know, and the waste that's going on. Like, you know, what's, what's, what's drawing the energy away from the current situation and really identifying those problems. And then once you've identified them, man, start, start, you know, planning some actions. You know, start planning some actions right there. Don't say, ah, oh, okay, well, now I know what to do. I'll, you know, I'll do that later. No, get on it right then because guess what? The problem's not going away. And your feelings of how much it sucks is not going to go away just because you said you're going to start working on a, taking action a few days or a week or whatever else away. You're still going to be miserable during that time before you start. You know, so you start taking the action, man. You start making those changes. And then you, st- then you start assessing. Like we were saying earlier, you know, you start documenting and verifying those changes. So, therefore, you have an idea like, okay, this is what's working. And then you see things that weren't working, throw it out. You know, it's Bruce Lee 101, you know. You, you know, stick with what's useful, man, and throw out what's not. Really well, one just thing to sum that I've always found useful is I put myself in the future looking back to where I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, oh, am I going to be proud of myself looking back? Exactly. Or am I going to be like, why, would I, why did I keep wasting time like that? <laughs> Right. This is a technique I've used often, and it's actually a good way when you're trying to make a difficult decision. Yeah. Should I do this? Should I do that? You put yourself in the future looking back. Yep. Did you right. avoid making that difficult decision? Did you delay it indefinitely, or did you have the courage to buckle down and say, all right, I need to take, I need to take charge of my life and make this move? Yeah. You know, I think I saw a meme was like, you know, are you doing something today that you're yourself from five years ago would be proud of, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think if people yeah. really think, hell, even if the person who you are six months from now, would they be proud of the decision that you made? Think about that, too. Just bring it a little bit closer to home and not so far out, because sometimes you put stuff so far out. Then it's like, ah, but that's so five years ago. Oh, my God. But you don't understand how quickly five years can can pop up on your ass. <laughs> you know, no, true. Come on, start having credit card back. debt and, and start thinking about that and, and see how quickly you can accumulate debt in five years on your credit card you're like whoa how did it get to like 
$200,000 in credit card debt in five years. Yeah, five years went by pretty quickly, didn't it? <laughs> you know, what do you have to show for it? So it doesn't, don't, don't think that, you know, it's five years are so far away. Even though there's times like we, were, we always joke about going into these interviews and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, come on, man. I'm still trying to work on tomorrow. You know, hopefully I'll be here for that. So like I'm not, not thinking you're of you're talking to your dumbass asking <laughs> stupid questions. You know? <laughs> That's what I always wanted to say at those interviews. You know what? I'm not going to be here listening to this crap. That's sure. And look where you are now. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah, it comes from making a decision and, and having the resolve to stick to that. But I think yeah. one thing that we often forget is we, we don't respect time for what it is, which is the most valuable commodity out there. Yeah. It's, the, it's the commodity that all of us are running out of. There are no refunds, man. You have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all it's sales are final. <laughs> it's not like if you have more money, you can buy more time. <laughs> right. We're running out of that time. <laughs> so how, how much do you respect time? How much are you – utilizing time, taking advantage of time rather than just letting time get away from you. And this is what happens when people fail to achieve a lot of their goals is it's right right now it's halfway through January. Well guess what? January is going to be over in no time. Hell and then yeah. this this January is never going to happen again. January 2016, it's over. It's in the history books. You, you don't you don't get a redo. So now it's February. And then mm. you waste that month, and now it's March, and you waste that month, and now it's April. You know, now we're into the summer. And guess and what you say? Where did the, the time go? The <laughs> Where did the time go? <laughs> so one thing, yeah. one thing that I, I'm really happy with, just with my training, is last year was a really good year training-wise. In particular, the last quarter of mm. last year, because I didn't have any trips, I wasn't traveling overseas, so I was really able to stay home and dial things in. So what happened is, I not only did I hit some great PRs towards the end of last year, it set me up to really crush it this year. Right. So coming into January, I'm at my peak on both squat and deadlift, and then pressing feels fantastic. So I'm, I'm primed and ready to go. So it's it's mine to lose at this point. The only, right. the only way I'm going to screw up now is if I just get greedy, get overly aggressive on stuff, and don't use a measure, measured, consistent approach. But right. if, if I have the resolve to be patient, enjoy the process, then things are just going to keep lining up. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's looking at that goal and, and working back from that. So always starting from the end game, man. You know, what is the end game? And then work backwards from there. Most people are like, I'm, they, they work from the back game. They think about all the pain of the past. I don't want to go there again. I don't want to do yeah, that again. That, I don't right, do that again. Right. You know, so that right there becomes depressing. <laughs> it becomes depressing. So yeah, we, it's important to be in the moment. Yeah. But at the same time, how are you going to utilize this moment to also think about your future? One thing you just can't give two rats asses about is the past. Okay. That's the thing about that. And just, even if you just acknowledge like, okay, I don't want to make the same mistakes. Well, to my note, how about not, instead of saying, I don't want to make the same mistakes I did in the past, it's like, you know what? I want to continue to make improvements right now instead of thinking about the past like that. Yeah. Because that's going to bring up some things when you start thinking about the past and that pain, it becomes overwhelming. Even just a little, the, the smallest things it becomes overwhelming because it becomes a lot of small things that you start, because it triggers. It's a lot of triggers going on. You start thinking about that one yeah. thing that happened to this and then it thinks, then it goes to this. And it's really easy to go down that negative road. It, man, it's, that road is very well traveled. Negative road. It is uh, so much traffic yeah, it's, on it's negative road. Yeah, it's you know, so much traffic on that road, but it's always moving. It's moving traffic. It's not the 405 on negative <laughs> road. That traffic is always going. It's like the Autobahn, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a black hole that, that has no bottom, right? I mean, it can suck you in. You, can, you start going down that road and forget about the year's going to get away from you. Your whole life can get away from you yeah. if you're not careful. <laughs> so, yeah, man.
just this bottomless pit of despair. You know? Come on, this 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 just non-ending anus of life. That's what it is. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, but yeah. But, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was about to say. I really suggest that folks, you know, really, you know, look delve deeper into the whole Kaizen philosophy. And, you know, because there's so many things you can find online where it even pertains to just, I mean, the training. I mean, we were talking about it, like Charles Poliquin. You know, it's like when you first heard about it, right, and right. um, <clears throat> and, and you know, there's there's one aspect of it in the training aspect, but also there's so many different things I've seen online as far as businesses are concerned. Toyota, how they use that. Hell, even how they use this philosophy to actually help J- the U.S. help Japan rebuild itself after they bombed them in World right. War II, which is kind of I don't know. It's kind of funny to me. It's like I just come over there. And I, let's just say I go to schoolyard. You know, we're in a schoolyard, and I beat the living crap out of you. And then I pick you up and dust you up. Like, are you good? All right, let me show you how. You, <laughs> let me show you how you can heal from that black eye I just gave you. <laughs> it's like, and, and you're thankful to me. Like, okay, all right, thank you. You know, I just think it's real funny <laughs> to to read that story. You know how they helped him with that. But uh, but now look at it, 60, 70 years later, and look how Japan has thrived. Yeah, as an economy yeah. and as a, as a nation and, and, and how they bounce back from that, because, again, instead of focusing on, oh, they bombed us. Oh, they took us out and just get it, you know, steady, just falling back on that negative thing, that negative event over and over and over. They decide, you know what? We're going to thrive. We're going to come back from this. We're going to be a great nation. We're going to, you know, be more independent. We're going to do our thing, you know, with or without the help of anyone else. And, and I think that's a good attitude to have. That's one thing I learned from a lot of these these so-called great nations as far as how they bounce back. And these communities that have bounced back from tragic events. And then I look at all so many people who are feeling like they're entitled, you know, because some bad things happen to them. Right. You know, I'm like, no, it's just like that's not the way to do it. Don't. Why would you sit there and expect, you know, someone who hurts you to come back? And why would you expect them Especially when they're not even accepting the fact that they hurt you to actually now help you and actually start making good on things when they haven't even when they haven't even accepted that they did, they did some wrong, right. some wrongdoing. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, you're an you're an abused wife or whatever. And this guy's telling you that he's doing it because he loves you. You know, but you expect him to, you know, apologize and stop beating you. Like, okay, well, now that you love me, don't beat me anymore. But he's, every time he beats you, he says that he does it because he loves you. So I, I don't care about how much you say you love me. You know, I just, I need to get out of the situation. I don't yeah, want, actions, I don't expect actions, you. Yeah. You speak louder than words. Like exactly. Where it's at. It's easy to talk about stuff all day long, but how are you acting? <laughs> exactly. Someone can say, oh yeah, I really care about you, but then they're doing all these actions which show otherwise. They're messing with and you that, mentally and all these other things. They, be, they degrade you doing all this passive aggressive. That's not yeah. caring about someone. Or, I mean, <laughs> you have so-called friends where wherever you're trying to do something, they're going, come on, man, why are you trying to do that? That's not going to work. What makes you think you can do that? It's like, well, <laughs> What makes you think you get to be my friend, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, that's what I want to know. Because yeah, I always say. Let, people like that, I don't, I don't have negative people like that in my life. Nah. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not open to criticism, constructive criticism, where someone actually cares about me. That's why they're giving me some stuff to think about. That's great. I welcome that. But I, I don't. someone who's just going to tell me what I can or can't do, I'm not feeling that. Here's the difference between that. tell me what I'm capable of. Yeah, here's the difference with that. Now, the negative person who's trying to shoot you down because usually it's their insecurities they're projecting on you people. Let me just throw well, that well, out there. Well, they don't want you to succeed yeah. because it makes them look good. Exactly. So they say, like, oh, you don't want to do that. Okay, that's not that's not a suggestion. That's not criticism right there. It's like you're trying to tell me. That's power. You're trying to tell me what to do. You know, so, yeah, you would, oh, don't do that. Now, here's constructive. Here's a friend. Well, hey man, did you think about you know? Did you think about this aspect of that? 
Oh, yeah, I thought about that. Oh, okay. You know, so, you know, how does that play a part in it? Oh, well, I'll make sure I do this, 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 and this. See, a, a friend asks the right questions, you know, to make sure that you're not overlooking something. That you, you know, because, again, when you become very attached to some type of idea or a goal, you, sometimes you can be very biased and, and overlook things. So it's good to have that person kind of outside of the box, you know, outside the circle, you know, who can say like, hey, well, did you think about this? Okay, cool. And then they're like, oh, okay. Well, seems like you got it handled, man. Hey, I'm with you. You know, whether it works or not, I'm right here. So just let me know if there's anything I can do. Or, you know, good luck. That's how that, that's how a friend works. Not like, ah, oh, that's bullshit, man. Don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> like, come on, really? So I always tell people, you can't rent space to other people in your head. You know, that's your prime real estate. Whatever's going on in your head, your ideas, your heart, that real estate belongs to you. You can't lease that out to anyone. You can't rent that to other people, man. That's yours. And somebody, that's private property. That's how you got to look at that. All your ideas, man, that's private property. Can't lend it to other people. Just like motivation. I don't, don't come to a trainer talking about, you know, I need you to motivate me. No, because what you're doing now, you're leasing out your goals. You know, you're, you're, you're subsidizing it to someone else. So stop that, you know, take responsibility, own it, man, own your stuff and make it private property. Like, these are my goals. I want to get there and just see like, OK, well, that's a little that's 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 a little far for right now. It's not going to happen in 10 days. You're not going to lose 50 pounds in 10 days. OK, but let's get you healthier to the point where you're not even really worried about the 50 pounds. You're going to be so excited about everything else that's going on in your life. Better sleep, you know, the better, the, the way you're more focused at work or creating this, this new job or something like that, or the hap- how happy you are to actually go out and play with your kids and all that. Let's go for these bigger goals right here, man. Let's get you there. Come on, trust me, that 50 pounds, it'll happen, but it'll be the last thing on your mind. It'll actually, when it happens, it's actually going to surprise you. You know, when you're thinking like that, that's very true. That's where they that's when that coach and that trainer really helps you out instead of just, you know, trying to come in like, ah, yeah, you know, that's just stupid. Fifty pounds. That's just dumb. <laughs> like, come on, man. Don't just shoot them down like right off the bat. Yeah, you, you know, give them something back. Like, right. look, I don't know about that, but let's think of let's look at it this way. You give them some perspective, something to think right. about. Yeah. Something that's still a progression. You're just bringing them back to reality rather right. than something like, like someone says, I want my income to go from 100,000 to 500,000. Me saying, hey, look, do 100,000 again or focus on this. That's not me being negative. That's just giving them some perspective. Me being yeah. negative would be like, oh, yeah, you can do it. Go for more. Right. I know that it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> right. So my another thing, thing is that the other thing that's, that people get seduced by very often is the illusion of maintenance. Where they feel that, okay, I'm just maintaining right now. There really, there really, there really isn't any such thing as nah, you're man. getting better, you're getting worse. So an example, coming back to training, would be mm-hmm. like someone pulls 505 and it was ridiculously difficult. And they're like, oh, man, I still got it. It's like, yeah, but the last time you did it, it flew off the ground. Right. You know, this time you barely made it. So that's not maintaining. You've actually declined. You've actually gone down. Yeah, it's so don't be, don't be yeah. delusional about it. It doesn't mean that you should feel bad that it's harder, but don't kid yourself. You know, if I'm used to pressing double 88s for 10 reps and then I can barely do five or I barely do 10, and, and the last time I did it, I did 10 easily, that's not maintenance. That's a decline. So right. be honest about it and use that as a way to assess how to move forward. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, even when you just talk to someone you haven't seen in a while. Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on, man? Oh, man, just maintaining. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> maintaining well, I mean, who, what? Who wants, who wants to go work so you're stuck. to maintain? It's not exciting, right? You should always be working on something. And like, like we said earlier, it doesn't have to be more weight or more repetitions. It could be better technique. It could be better recovery. 
It could be you did it in less time. You know, there's many different ways. The rep speed was better. There's many different ways to look at progression. But well, I'm even, wanted, yeah, I'm even bringing this up. Progression. I'm even bringing this up just in, in life in general. You know, just kind of like that person, like, you know, they're, when you sit there and say what's going on, they're like, oh, just maintaining. That is the equivalent of, oh, the same old, same old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is not a great thing. To my, no. So, again, you're either progressing or you're declining, dude, one way or the other. That's just how life works. No one, there is no, here's the thing. Even when things are flatlining, keep in mind, when things are flatlining, when you, in the medical field, when there's a flatline, you're dying. Okay? So, guess what? Even that's not maintaining right there. So, you got to really think I about it. What's, what's even worse than being seduced by maintenance is being seduced by overconfidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in. It just brings me up watching an episode of, of Shark Tank yeah. ago, where Barbara Cochran, right? She's the blonde lady with the short hair. Mm-hmm. She gave she gave this one person some really good advice, right? Like, this lady came on the show, and she had this ridiculous valuation. She had her company... She wanted a million dollars for five percent, so she's valuing her company at twelve million. And then she didn't really have any stats to support it. And she kept on talking about how, oh, I talked to this person and they're gonna place an order and this company's <laughs> interested in placing an order. But that's all just talk. You right? get paid for done, man. Some, you know how many people have talked to me in, in this since I've been in this business where they said they were gonna do this? Not <laughs> one person who said they were gonna do something actually did it. Right. I, I could go I could give you example after example <laughs> after example of people who said, Oh yeah, I want to do this, and they never did it. I can't even think of one time where someone said, hey, we, we're going to do this for you, and they actually follow through on it. You know, That's how difficult it is to follow through. <laughs> Most people just talk. So anyway, all of these potential buyers that she may have, that's all it is. It's potential. potential. They, they could change their mind. It's called prospects, mind. man. Yeah, until you have the check cashed and cleared, it isn't anything. <laughs> Keyword cleared. Okay. But anyway, she goes, yeah. okay, she goes, we're, we're definitely going to do 10 million next year. So that one guy, Kevin, the ball guy, yeah. he's very, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, very astute, right? Yeah. He goes, look, I'll give you the million dollars for 5% contingent on if you don't hit $10 million next year, I want 20% equity in the company. And then she has this, this totally baffled look on her face, like this is a re- ridiculously unreasonable offer when it's very reasonable. Her mouth is wide open. Her eyes look like they're about to pop out of her head. Just total psychotic person. <laughs> total, total nut job. I mean, they all dodged a bullet not doing a deal with her. And she's like, well, I don't want to do a deal based on contingencies. It's like, well, look, it's based on a contingency that you brought up. You said you're going to I was about to say, the deal you're asking for is based on contingency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he goes, basically, he's giving you what you want. And, it, and the contingency is only based on what you said. You're definitely going to do. It's like, oh, guaranteed, we're going to do this next year. Okay. Well, if it's guaranteed, then what's the, what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. What's the drawback here? Why can't you move forward? And then uh, Barbara made her an offer too. And she, long story short, she decided not to take any of the offers. So Barbara right. gave her some advice, which frankly was the most valuable thing that happened for her on that episode. If she actually takes heed to it, which I doubt she will. But anyway, he said, she said. The mistake, the, the problem you have is you have way too much confidence, way too much self-confidence, and not enough doubt in yourself. She said when she first started off, she had a lot of doubt. She didn't realize, she didn't believe fully that she's going to make all these things happen. Right. So that actually ended up being a good thing because it, it got her to really think things through, to really evaluate deals, to make sure that she had what it took to push forward on those things. And that's that's an important thing. It's it's good to have a certain level of doubt. Honestly, when I when I hit a PR last year, you know, I did have a lot of confidence from doing fifty pounds lighter, but there's still that element of doubt in your mind. But that's right. actually a good thing because it got me to really focus. Like, yeah, it look, helps you eliminate you know, fluff. You yeah, know. exactly. It's, it's like if you're gonna do this, 
you better focus on this. Don't right. dick around. You know, you can't be thinking about what you're going to do after this or what you're going to do tomorrow or what groceries you're going to get. Focus right now because if you're not totally in the pocket, it's not going to go. And then you're going to be really pissed off if you miss this. Right. right? <laughs> so long story short, I hit it. So I mean, but but it was I went into it with that little bit of self doubt, lack of confidence, which was actually a good thing. Right. And one thing about it, efficiency becomes your best friend in that situation. Yeah, you're yeah, very efficient, man. You're thinking like, and the risk. I mean, you you really started evaluating the risk. Like, okay, if I make that choice right there, how much longer is this going? How's this going to set me back, or is this going to like shoot me forward? So you really start just eliminating all the BS, and sometimes that even includes people around you during that time. Just like, well, like you know. in the context of business, sometimes we've both had this happen where someone comes along and says, hey, man, let's partner up on this because we're oh. going to make this. It's going to be so easy. Now, the second they say it's going to be easy, I'm not interested because that's someone with an amateur mindset. Right. That's someone with way too much self-confidence or right. illusory self-confidence <laughs> because nothing is easy. Like I was talking to Freddie Madball after the concert, and he was just mm-hmm. asking me about the podcast because he and his bassist started doing a podcast. Right. And like, you know, we're just getting this thing going. I was like, look, man, when Sincere and I started, we didn't we didn't have this illusion that it was going to be easy. We went into it like it's going to be difficult. You know how many podcasts there are out there? There's millions of podcasts. You know how many have come and gone in the almost three years we've been doing ours? <laughs> Well, you have to have the mindset of why would anyone even want to listen to our podcast? Right. That's not being that's not being that's not having lack of confidence. That's just being honest about this whole right. thing. It's like, what are we? Gonna what do you do? bring into the table? You know? Yeah. What are we going to do that's going to carve out a niche for us that people actually want to listen to the yeah. show? What's in it for the like, listeners? Oh man, everyone's going to want to listen to us, man. What we got to do is start going. The whole world is going to want to listen. Well, the whole world's got a lot of other stuff going on. So, what's exactly what makes right. you so important? They got to stop doing what they're doing for at least an hour, you know, a day. You listen to your show. To just escape that stuff. No, but, but if you go into it <laughs> thinking that it's going to be difficult, worst case scenario, it is, but you already knew that, so it's not a big deal. It's my, hey, best I was right. Scenario, best case scenario, it's not, and then you're pleasantly surprised. Surprise. <laughs> either way you win. Like Mark Phillippe gave me this advice a long time ago. He goes, look, man, when, you, when you're lifting something heavy, don't go into it thinking that it's going to be easy because if it's not, you get demoralized quickly, and then you're not going to complete it. But if you go into it thinking it's going to be hard and, it, and then it feels light, you know, that's great. That's icing on the cake. Right. If it's hard, you already knew it was going to be hard. So you <laughs> stick with it. So, yeah, man. So, I think. Well, cool. I think uh, uh, we can end with. Yeah, I think we covered it all. Just what our, our favorite episodes were for last year. I have a couple. I don't know if you can. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You don't have five that stick out? <laughs> bastard <laughs> i've got a few in and some honorable mentions because yeah. i mean if we don't do if we don't do it now it's going to be like february <laughs> i think, think like well, the, our, it's like we're already we're already halfway through 2016 like our favorite episode of 2015 like wait a minute late bastard. Just, I, I already know one that's going to be on your list that you don't have to think about that's the steve cotter episode oh yeah that's yeah. on my list the steve yeah. cotter episode which was episode 146 where he came on and talked about why he adopted a vegan diet and it was it was a great episode because we've both known Steve for a long time, and Steve's a very passionate guy. But I haven't heard that passion in a long time. Yeah, man. And this episode, he was just on fire, and you could tell it was coming from a place where he's all in. It wasn't coming right. from a place where he's like, "Oh, I read a book, and here's what I'm going to do now." No, he's already doing it. Here's yeah. why he's doing it, and he's doing it. Yeah. And also, um, one of my favorite episodes that stood out was when um, 
I talked to Christina Danos when we talked about autism and, and the work she's doing, you know, with kettlebells for autism. You know, that was huge because, you know, I have it's kind of personal because I have quite a few friends, you know, who have children on the autism spectrum. And, you know, Christina's been doing this for a while now, you know, where she sets this up, where she raises money each year for different organizations that help families with children and some young adults on the autism spectrum. So, and I think it's one of those misunderstood diagnoses that's out there. People, a lot of people still don't even know what autism really is, and, or they think they have an idea what it is, and not even realizing. Even when you see someone, you think like, "Oh, that person's a genius. They have an IQ of this, that, and the other." That you know, they too are maybe on the autism spectrum, but no one thinks of it that way. They think of it as, oh, it's a handicap, and it's this, and it's something that, you know, you catch or something like that. So I think it was very, I know, it was just like, <laughs> but you, yeah, I, I, called, I caught the autism. Like, uh, it's like Mike Epps has that joke. He goes, his mom's like, you know what? You used to be a retarded, but then you grew out of it. I was like, like really? Like, come on, like, man. How many of you guys, he's like talking to the audience. He goes, how many of you guys think I used to be retarded? Like a bunch of people raised their head. He's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> So, yeah, man. So, you know, I think, like I said, that was very eye-opening and very educational, man, you know, for folks no, who picked great. it up, that man. That um, Let's see, man. Another one, man, that uh, I like the last Matt Brown interview as well, man. Yeah, me too. You know, That's was, on my list. The, the second one was fun because the first time we didn't know him, he didn't know us. Right. So it was kind of a feeling out process. I mean, he, he texted me right away, right after the episode and said, man, that was a lot of fun. But it took a minute to get there, right? It right. Took a minute where he loosened up and then he's having a good time. The second time around, it was like we're all buddies. Right. Like he comes on like right from the get-go. We're having fun. So I, I, I'm with you, man. That was a fun episode. Yeah. So um, let's see. Who else, man? I'm trying to just think. Or, Ori Hoffmeckler, which was the first was, episode. Yeah, of the year. That was. And uh, Ori's <laughs> coming back. I got. I have him scheduled for April because a lot of people have emailed me and told me that was their favorite episode, period, out of every episode, every show we've done. I, I had a guy email me the other day t- telling me he's listened to the episode three times. Yeah, there are people that – there's a lot of comments going back and forth for like almost the past year on – on the YouTube page because, you know, I upload the, the podcast on YouTube as well. And out of all the episodes, that is the one people continue to keep talking yeah. on. Or Ori will be like, I don't read the YouTube clips with those people on a beach. <laughs> if you talk to me like a beach, yeah. I'm, not to, <laughs> I'm not going to give you my time. <laughs> yeah. no, he's, uh, you know, I, you don't, you don't have to agree with everything Ori says or anyone else for that right. matter. But he, but he does give you a lot of food for thought, man. And I like people like that. I like people who yeah. make me think about things in a different way or maybe maybe have me make adjustments after hearing what they have to say. Right, right, man. <laughs> so um, let's see, man. You know, also always- have uh, Thomas Inklinen. That was episode yeah, yes, man. Yeah. First, I mean, he came on twice. The first time, both of them were really good, but the first one really sticks out because yeah. that was that was just extremely informative. And fun too. We yeah. had a good time with it. One thing, one thing that we get, I've never had a guest email me and say they had a bad experience. Yeah, ever, this is true. Ever. To my, ever. yeah. I mean, even the one you just posted with Dr. Mark Gordon from this, from the episode before this yeah, one, man. Yeah. You know, it's just, that was, Most that was, of the time, big. it's the opposite. Like when Jose Antonio, Dr. Jose Antonio was in the show, he's like, he told us on the show, he's like, this is the most fun I've ever had in yeah. an interview. He's like, this is great. You guys are great. So that's, that's one thing we want to do is, is make it fun for the guests. Right. The, I would hate to have a guest come on and say, man, that was just a waste of my time. You know, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, do not reach out to me ever again. <laughs> I, I so, like yeah. the Rob Blasco episode, too. That yeah, was Blasco was fun. Time. That was, that was a good way to wrap it up. Like two and a half hours and yeah. we could have kept going. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to talk to someone for two hours if you don't have some kind of connection. You're not vibing. Exactly. 
So that was that was a fun one. He's the bassist for Ozzy Osbourne. Gave us a lot of insights on the music industry, which I always find really fascinating. Just right. that behind the scenes stuff and just his attitude about why people are successful or not in that industry. Exactly, and the nuisance networking, and you know, just really bringing something yeah, to the yeah, table right. when you want to network and you know and work with someone, man. You know, just kind of re, you know just reiterating that point again. You know, what are you bringing to the table? You know, and the things that he has to deal with, especially in the music industry. So it's crazy because I've seen. Both sides of, you know, been in two industries where it's like, again, I said the same crap, different toilet. So many things that are happening in the fitness industry and now the firearms industry, the same stuff I saw in the entertainment industry is like, wow, it's just it's a universal thing. They all have a common denominator, which is people. Yeah. (laughs) And people are just not that different. You talk to people in the or the fitness industry or investment bankers. There's going to be a lot of differences, no doubt, but at the core, it's going to be a lot of similarities. One is going to be people's desperate desire for attention. Right. You could say that (laughs) that's the one thing that motivates a lot of people is they just want to be recognized, noticed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people do bad things. Like we're both reading The Gift of Fear, where the common denominator among a lot of these different predators is a desperate need to feel important and be recognized and acknowledged. Yeah, Tommyism is what we should call it. <laughs> yeah, if you read that book and read about you know the chapter about Tommy, you'll understand what we're oh, talking yeah. about. Tommy, don't be Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> we, we, I mean, I've never had someone that bad. But that example in the book, like this guy just harassing someone's business. But I've had people that are in that ballpark. Yeah, man. The difference between me and the guy that he was harassing shut him down I early. Shut people down so fast, it's not even funny. I had someone email me the other day going, "Oh, we'd love to have you as an investor in this." I go, "No interest whatsoever." <laughs> <laughs> they try to Jedi mind sure. trick you. Somebody, they saw the Force Awakens, and now all of a sudden they're like, we'd love to have you in our investment. Like, I didn't say I was going to be in it, so go F yourself. I will go F myself. I, I've, had one, I've had people try to do assumptive closes on me. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, I'd love to pick your brain about this. So are you available for lunch on Wednesday at 1 or Thursday on 12? Which one works better for you? Come on, come on, <laughs> go, even, go even, fuck yourself of never, okay? No, so. I always say I am not available at all. <laughs> just like that. No explanation because I don't need to explain myself. You're the one coming to me, so why do I need to explain yeah, why I'm not interested? I'm just not interested. That's enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I read that same marketing book that you read, sucker. So <laughs> just, to, just to prepare myself for people like you, like, get out of here, man. Well, it's like when I canceled the membership at Lifetime Fitness, <laughs> this, this lady's trying to interrogate me. She goes, uh, why do you want to cancel? Like, I'm not happy with the equipment here. And then she had this incredulous look in her face like, oh, didn't you notice the equipment when you first came? And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no, you're not going to do that. So you're not going to interrogate me. You know, you're not going to put me in a position where I need to explain myself. I just want to cancel, and that's what we're going to do. And that was the end of that. Right. Because these people are always trying to talk you out. So like, oh, we can put it on hold, and they, they want to put it on hold and charge you for that. Yeah. I mean, why, why would I want to put the membership on hold and pay fifty bucks a month to not use it? <laughs> you know? That makes no sense. Like, no. It was just a lot of moronic stuff. But you you have to shut. When when people are, are – like when, when someone's trying to get you to do something and you're automatically uncomfortable, guess why? It's because you don't want to do it. Yeah. So be honest about that. Don't try to – don't feel like you need to let the person off easily or, or be nice about it hey, man. or be polite or worry about how their feelings are going to be affected. They're coming to you trying to get you to do something you don't want to do. So right there, that's harassment. Just say no. Look, man, I told you, even when I was in elementary school, you wrote a love. I wrote a love note to a girl. And like, will you be my girlfriend? It was always yes or no. There was no maybe. What the hell is maybe? How do you maybe? How do you maybe be my girlfriend? Okay, so that means what? I can say you're my girlfriend, but you won't say that you're, I'm your boyfriend. So no, there is no maybe. To my take maybe. I tell a lot of people take maybe out of your vocabulary. 
Okay, just take well, it that, out. That's, that's the thing Gavin talks about in the book, Gift of Fear, where he's mm-hmm. basically saying, like, sometimes a girl will say, you know, I'm just not in the right headspace right now for a relationship and all that. All that's all that. Is, I'll all come back message, later. <laughs> yeah, all the message the guy is getting is that, oh, okay, I'll just not, keep coming back around. Come on, not right now. He's I'll follow up with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if she says, look, there is no chance whatsoever that this is going to go forward. So I recommend you go pursue someone else. Right. Right. That's very clear, concise language that gets to the point. Oh, and ladies, that friend zone stuff, that that's still a maybe. <laughs> that's still a maybe. Like, oh, you're cute. Some girl will be lucky to have you, but, you know, I just see you as a friend. You know, we, we can hang out as friends, but we can never be together. Well, I mean, here's my Even advice. when you're saying that, it's just kind of, he's, he's already made a decision that it's – it's beyond friendship in his head at that point. And guess what? There's really no turning back. He's never going to really just see you as a friend anymore because he's well, well, going to be hanging on. Guys, is this why? Like, if, <laughs> if you're interested in a girl and she's not interested, why are you still interested? Exactly. You know, have some self-respect, man. I mean, why? <laughs> why do you have to convince someone to be interested in you? Either they are, either <laughs> you know? they are, or they're not. That's just yeah. that's just the way it you is. Have, you have to convince someone to be attracted to you. You have to convince <laughs> someone to spend time with you. I'm not interested in that. So that's not even attraction at that point. If I gotta convince you, that's not attraction anymore. That's coercion. <laughs> to my, to my, I'm gonna make you love me. I'm gonna make you want me. No, honestly, like <laughs> I run my business the same way. It's like, look, here are all the benefits of my testosterone booster. Now, if you're not interested, no problem. Yeah, Don't it's buy like, it. It's simple. You, you have the information. Now do what you want but, with but it. But don't email me and say, okay, I need more convincing. It's like, no. Everything you need to know to make a decision is there. If for some reason that's not enough, then it's not a fit for you. That's fine. Go with your instincts. Right. It's a, it's, it is a fit for enough people that I'm perfectly happy with the results I'm getting. I'm not desperate for anyone's business. I'm not going to talk to you on the phone for an hour and try to convince you oh. why you should buy something. I don't need that crap. Yeah. And if and obviously you're not interested either. You just want to waste my time. So anyway, you know, just be 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 very aware of your time and be very aware of not wasting time, not shutting people down in a way that they can understand. Yeah, just be direct and move on, man. You'll both be happier for it for the most part. Because that's less effort that Tomorrow, you giving them a maybe, now they gotta spend more time being creative on trying to get you to say yes. <laughs> Tomorrow, you just give them a no, you both can be like, whew, alright, whatever. And can move on. <laughs> you know? Like that guy Tommy who was harassing this guy's business, he would yeah. call 30 times and finally My this guy dude. would lance. And give in, and he would call back and say, "Look, man, stop calling me." But the key is, don't don't respond. Don't all. respond. Because now, now his message is, "Okay, all I need to do is call you thirty times to get one response." <laughs> so yeah, tr- trust me. About a, about halfway through that chapter, I was getting pissed. I was like, "Dude, just tell him to go yeah, exactly. fuck off." Or, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep on trying to let him down easy. Like, "Oh, you're a smart guy. I'm sure you'll be okay." It's like, no. Uh, I'd be like, "Look, man, I'm not interested." No. The funny thing about that is, and this this kind of thing happens all the time, is like the whole thing started because they were talking at a social event. Yep. And the, I forget the guy's name who Tommy was harassing, but basically he said, "Oh yeah, this sounds like an interesting idea. Good luck with it." He was just trying to be polite, right? right. Anyone with half a brain would realize the other person is just trying to be polite. You don't bother them. Right. He he made the mistake of giving out his office number. Tommy calls him the next day, like, "Oh, I just want to follow up on the discussion we had." With I don't even think he gave him his number. I think Tommy got it from acquaintance that the guy was a friend with. It was a lady yeah, was there. Like, they introduced the them. He gave him his business card. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those things. He kind of backdoored his way in. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But but even at that point, he's it was like, oh, I, I want to come in there and talk to you about this. And he's like, all right, come on in. That was the bit. That was. Oh, uh, that was bad. Was yeah. That was that would be like me and someone says, I want to take you out for lunch, and I don't want to do it, but I just do it because I somehow feel obligated. Well, guess what? That's just the beginning of someone. Because in their mind, it shows that I'm interested. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, well, well, you really think it's going to end there? I go have lunch <laughs> with this person. They're never going to contact me again. No, they're going to be like, oh, hey, let's do it again next week. <laughs> you know, let's, let me get your number so we can talk on the phone. A <laughs> couple of things I don't do. Very few people have my cell phone number. Yeah, I, I don't here. give that. I don't, I don't just give that out to people. I don't. I don't even have a business card because I don't believe in them. I think. They're stupid. Yeah, that's another thing. Just yeah. Go to my fucking <laughs> website. Right. If, if you don't have enough. If you're not interested enough to write down my website or remember it and go check it out, how interested are you really? You don't right. need my car. I don't need to waste paper and have trees cut down. For business <laughs> I said the exact same thing. I'm like, come on, man. I'm going green, man. I can't do that. So my, so my, I do have a phone right here. So if I'm interested in calling you, give me your number. And that's another thing I do. I was like, because that's, I, I said, give me your number. <laughs> so, you know, I know some people are like, oh. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, so yeah, man, I'll reach out to you. That's you know? like the old. That's like the woman's way of, of, of politely trying to get it. Oh, just give me your number. I'll call you. Exactly. <laughs> but again, you're better off saying not interested. You're not, not interested. interested. Not but if, but if I'm interested, I still want to be the one in control. I don't want you fucking calling me every five minutes just because I am interested. Like, I'll call you. Well, I mean, the reality <laughs> is in today's age, do you even need to talk in the phone? No, you don't have to. You don't want to talk to me. Like, could be, a lot you, of business deals I make are all by email. Like a lot of the people <laughs> I work with from my supplement line, the manufacturers and so forth, yeah. I never talk to these you people. Talk to my, in fact, I get kind of aggravated. I got to talk to him on the phone like damn like damn well, i sent I, you the email <laughs> well, the thing about email also is i have a record yeah that's stuff. another thing so yep. if there's something that blows up i can be like well look man you said you said to do this rather <laughs> yeah. than oh we had that phone call oh i don't remember saying that exactly so uh, email is a good way for me to not have to go through the whole legal procedure if i call you like oh and by the way you know i am recording this call <laughs> <laughs> i've had to do that before even on some business stuff that my wife and i had to deal with with some builders um yeah. with um with the home that we were purchasing and, you know i was like oh and by the way we are recording this call so i said just letting you know that now he's like, oh that's fine i said i know it is otherwise we can't go forward with this conversation <laughs> and my wife was just cracking up <laughs> i was just like no nah. well, i said I mean, because you have to do not, that it's, it's legal reasonable right if you yeah. don't have anything to hide then why would you have a problem with exactly that? if someone's like well i don't want to i don't want you to record this then it's like, like well what you, we don't need to even talk yeah, exactly what are you trying to hide exactly <laughs> So back, yeah, man. Back, back to the last year. Oh yeah, one two episodes I really liked. That two episodes I really liked that actually became one episode was um, our our last talk with uh, Charles Poliquin as well. Yeah, you know, the, the person got screwed. Thanks Skype. And um, it's, the one thing I didn't like about 2015 was Skype. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, you know episode 154 with Charles Poliquin, man. We talked about. The Paris attack. You talk about Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. We talk about like John Jones, you know, powerlifting. You know how he's making his way in the MMA, and you know all the naysayers like, oh my God, why is he doing that? And hell, even the interesting discussion on marijuana and its effects, yeah. you know, on, on lifting. You know, so yeah. it, it was real, really, really interesting, man. You know, every time we talk to Charles, man, it's always interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get him back this year. He's he's always open to being on the show. I just don't want to bother the guy and and constantly get him on the show. So, right. Uh, like once he like really busy people, I don't try to get them more than once a year. Right. To me, that's just being greedy. It's like, oh, he's a high traffic guy. Let's get him every month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just Some make of him. The other, yeah, some of the other honorable mentions. Dwayne Crawford, he's a guy yeah. from Nevada SPCA. Really cool guy. I met him when I went to res- adopt my last mm-hmm. dog, Petey. I just rescued mm-hmm. him last year. So I had a lot of, I went there many times. So I had a lot of discussions with Dwayne. And I was like, this is the guy we got to get on the show because he's a really interesting dude. Yeah. So that was a fun episode. That was episode 136. Boss Rutten was episode 124. I really yeah. liked that because this is the second time we had Boss. And it was kind of like Matt Brown. Like the first time, Boss was cool from the get go, the first time we had him on. 
but he didn't know us and we never talked to him before. So that was kind of a just getting to know each other episode. The second time we mm-hmm. had him on, we didn't have to go through all of that right. type stuff. We just jumped into a great conversation. And yeah. he's a super, super cool guy. I've been a huge fan of his long before we ever thought about getting him on the show. Yeah. I mean, I've watched his stuff before. I watched his stuff, his Pancrase fights way yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that was that was the, that was a fun episode for sure. And then Scott Shetler. Scott Shetler, that was going to be my next one, yeah. man. Yeah, 129, Scott. that was yeah. a great episode, too. Scott's a really cool guy, very smart guy on vegan nutrition. Wrote a book with Stickman called yeah, Eat Plants, Lift Iron. Yeah. Whenever someone comes to me and they want help with putting together a vegan nutrition plan, I always send them to Scott. Because Scott has mm-hmm. a very sensible approach. He's not going to load you up on a bunch of supplements. He's not going to have you do protein shakes five times a day. Right. <laughs> you know, you're going to focus on whole food, plant based diet, so that it's he, he he'll he'll design in a way that you know you can sustain it. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was going to be my next pick, man. And actually, man, the, the way right toward the end, the last couple episodes toward the end of the year, man, with Rohit Kalra, man, just talking about finances. I think that was a very, was not only just a great episode, but a very important episode, man, yeah. for so many people, man. And just, you know, he confirmed a lot of things that, you know, that my wife and I are doing financially, that we're doing right. You know, it's just like, okay, we're on the right path. You know, just some things he brought up, what I mean, even bringing him up and asking him about it. I'm like, oh, right. well, we're doing that. Cool. So we're on, we're, we're doing this the right way. You know, and there's a lot of things where I look back in my past, my younger years, you know, I was thinking like, damn, dude, where were you back then? <laughs> I needed you when I was like in my freshman and sophomore year in college. Like I needed this advice big time because, you know, you work with what you have. And, you know, a lot of us are not privy to have just those people who are very smart about those things. You have to kind of go through trial and error and fall on your face a few times. Then you realize, like, you know what? That last time I fell on my face. I fractured my face and it didn't feel good. It's enough of this. I'm tired of living like this. I got to make some changes big time. This is not working for me anymore. And, you know, so I, I that episode right there can help a lot of people not fall on their freaking face, you know, and have to fracture anything. It's just like he gave so much sage advice, man, as far as things, financial, things that you can do right now. It's no big mystery or secret or something like that where you got to go buy, you know, or go to a seminar later on so he can tell you the, everything else. And after you bought the coaching and all that, these right. little things you can start doing right now after that episode. Hell, you can start doing some of the things while you're listening to that episode, you know. So and um, also what's funny, what's funny is that Rohit said that. He, I mean, he he prepared so much good information for that episode, and he mm-hmm. didn't just get on the phone and start talking. He really put together yeah. some preparation, and he said that he only went through one third of what he had prepared <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> we had him on for two hours. Yeah, he's like, man, he's he's like he's like I wanted to make sure I had enough to talk about. He's, yeah, uh, he had enough to do probably three more episodes. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get him back sometime this year to follow up on that. Yeah, we have to get him right around sure. tax time too. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have to bring him back that's before a, that's April. A good idea, actually. <laughs> so yeah, man. And um, one more for me, man, was um, Luke Snusky, man, because Luke is living. That dude was living the dream. You know, one of the things we, I had talked about with you years ago, just yeah. go around and travel and document it, man, and just. Because I love traveling so much, but here's a guy that not only loves traveling and loves fitness, but he found a way to incorporate both and create an online TV show with it, man. It's kind of like the Travel Channel meets Fit TV, you know. And it was well, most important is he actually did it. Yeah, he wasn't just talking. <laughs> well, talk about it. You know, yeah. people I've met who talk that same song. Oh, I'd love to go traveling and do this. It's like, no, you don't, because you would be doing it if you really wanted to. Exactly. You find a way to do it. Yeah. You found a Maybe way. not today, but you'd find a way to do. You'd actually be putting something together. So Luke decided he wanted to do it, and then he found he, a way to do it, and he did it. He did it, and it's done. So you know that's the thing, man. So there's no regrets. That's the beautiful thing by doing things you actually say you're going to do. There's no regrets because, again, man, 
Time is that thing. It's not necessarily guaranteed. And it's damn sure that thing that you can get a refund on. So when you've lost it, you've lost it. So when you, again, you don't want to be that person sitting on their deathbed. Like, what was the one thing you regret? I wish I could have traveled more. <laughs> okay. You're, it's you're, always, you're always going to re- regret what you just studying. I remember I read this article talking with people that were on their deathbed, literally. Yeah. And they didn't regret what they did. They regret what they didn't do. Right. All the things they didn't do is what they were, is what they had regrets about. Yep. So. Thing I is, think I think I think one one thing to, to end this episode with mm-hmm. is I think it's I think it's perfectly fine to talk about what you're going to do, but you mm-hmm. better fucking do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> because otherwise, your word doesn't mean jack shit, right? So if you say I'm going to go do this training wise, even if you miss it, you should have some get the work on it. Yeah, yeah. You like get if the I'm work like, on look, it. I'm going to deadlift 600 pounds this year, and then <laughs> I, I I max out at 590. Is that a failure? No, because it was it was a lot. It was I, I said I was going after this goal, and I got pretty damn close to it. Right now, if I don't make any progression whatsoever from where I'm at now to that, then yeah, that's a fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you said you were going to do something, and you, you didn't come close. Tell me, you started at 405, and now you ended the year at 455. Like that's a long way from 600. You know that, right? <laughs> well, well, that's the other thing. That's the that, that's the whole point why I wanted to bring this case in approach of just small incremental improvements that add up to big ones over time is that a lot of times people have these ridiculously big goals that they're, mm. there's no way they're going to happen and they're just setting themselves up for disappointment right. so like you just maxed out at 405 and now your goal is 505 it's like <laughs> well look man you know 100 pounds is a long way away so you can probably get there over the course of two years right. but your goal right now should be no more than 425 right that should be your next target and then 445 and then yep. 465 and you can even break it down in smaller increments than that but 20 pounds i think is a good increment you're not going to get excited about adding five pounds to the bar that's just the way we are so right. 20 pounds is enough to it gets you motivated and then every progression on there is is where you want to go so if like if my if my deadlift is 555 which it is and i want to get to 600 right now my next goal is 565 Right. And then after that, it's going to be 575. And then it's going to be six plates, which is 585. You know, <laughs> then it's going to be 600. And anything yeah. that I, anything, any forward progress in between those goals is Mon- monumental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, man, I think it's a good place to wrap up. So, we've got, we've got our year in review in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still got that, still snuck it in there. So, yeah, man. <laughs> So you know, so go back and listen to those episodes, folks. We didn't yeah. bring it up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Some of these episodes, I see people sleeping on. I'm like, man, you're really missing out. Right. That was, a, that was one of the best episodes of last year. You people are sleeping on it for some reason. <laughs> and there's some people who just you know discovered the show. They're like, oh, I had some people like, man, I just started listening. And I got I got a lot to listen to. I was like, well, here's the thing about those archives. They're going to be there. <laughs> They're going to be there. On both of our websites, we have all those episodes like, yeah, archived. So why are you emailing me? <laughs> You're wasting time, man. Hey, what did we just tell you about time in the last episode, huh? <laughs> could have been listening to an episode right now on the time it took <laughs> Oh, man. So here's one thing you can do right now is head over to both our websites and head over to newwarriortraining.com or mikemahler.com. Use the coupon code LLA and get 10% off any of the products that we have on our websites, some of the best supplements in the world over at Mike's websites. I mean, he's got all these DVDs that you guys can catch up on, man. Instead of going around trying to go around the gym with the new gym membership and trying to figure things out and you know the gym is going to try to hustle you and that no trainer is going to help you unless that gym has them trying to sell you a personal training package. Well, here's the deal, man. You can grab a DVD from Mike's website. You got books, ebooks over there. You can go to my website, grab my DVD and right there is great instruction on those DVDs to get you going with 
your plan to get towards your goals for 2016. And all you have to do is use that coupon code LLA and get 10% off all those products. All right. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do. So especially if you want to improve, help improve the LLA show and continue to support us is become a monthly supporter on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter. Start off with five or $10 a month. If you want to go with more, We'll take that too. That right there helps us with the production of the show, keep the show going, and keep us motivated to keep bringing great guests on the show. That's like the ones we just mentioned on all those shows. You probably got to go catch up on right now. So it's even more great guests coming along down the pipe. But hey, it's through the VIPs that support our show and our products that help us continue to reach out to these great guests and bring them on the show as well. So we appreciate that. Anything else, Mike, you want to add to that? No, that's it, man. You covered everything. Just use that coupon code LLA, get 10% off everything you Mm -hmm. see at MikeMahler.com, and take charge. It's Mm -hmm. January right now, but it's going to be February soon. So whatever you're trying to achieve this year, get hustling. Get on it right now. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Catch you on the next show. Take care. Take care, everyone.